Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steffi. Uh, welcome again from another member of the campus ministry team. Hopefully you have seen our TikTok video on Instagram or on TikTok. Uh, my, my one uh, hip-hop dance class in my 20s didn't seem to pay off very well, at least not in that one. But Steffi's got some moves, so I'd recommend checking it out. You're not, you won't be surprised. We have a great team, and we'll, when we're next together, all together, we'd love to introduce you to everybody. Uh, but for now, I am one of, the, one of the campus pastors, Forrest Buckner, one of the, the campus pastors in the Dean of Spiritual Life here. If I haven't met you yet, I hope I get to soon. And just, just a little uh, introduction and also a little update of this from the summer. I hope wherever you were this summer, you got to spend some good time outside, um, maybe with family. I know I got to. One of the things we got to do as a family was take a national park trip to some national parks we hadn't seen before. So we went to Mount Rainier, and I have a photo of that uh, for maybe some YouTubers some especially can see that in the Mount Rainier shot. And we got to go whitewater rafting and have some great adventures doing that as well. That's my family, though. Um, so let's go back to that one before, Jesse, sorry. My family, my wife, Janelle, my daughter, Esther, who's uh, in eighth grade, daughter, Bella, who's in sixth grade, and River, who, our son, who's in third grade. And uh, they are around, and um, just wanted to introduce each of them as well. And then got the rafting shot, had a lot of fun rafting as well this summer. If you're watching on Instagram or on YouTube, whichever one you're on, we're glad you're here. And again, we wish we could be together in person. Hopefully Thursday we'll be together out in the loop, or at least a Tuesday or Thursday soon. We'll be together outside in the loop before the weather turns, and then we'll be there um, uh, consistently worshiping God. Whether it's out there or in here, we're going to worship God in community this year, and excited to do that. As we worship God in community, Tuesdays we'll preach. Thursdays we're going to have more testimony time and time to gather other ways to experience and, and uh, express our unity in Christ. But Tuesdays we're preaching, and preaching on Tuesday this fall we'll be going through the Gospel of Luke. And we, every fall, start with the Gospel because we want to start focused our year on the personal work of Jesus, the very center of our Christian faith and Christian commitments for all Christians. This year we're the Gospel of Luke, and as I and our team have been working on, chewing on, meditating on the Gospel of Luke, one of the things that keeps striking, kept striking us and kept striking me was the embodiment. The embodiment we see in the Gospel of Luke. This understanding of Jesus and what it means to be a follower of Jesus that has flesh on it. We see it throughout the Gospel of Luke. It, it starts from the very beginning. When Mary, this young, frightened, young Jewish girl, gets this word from an angel about God's love coming to this embodied people, the people of Israel. This real young girl has a baby, a baby boy, a, a brown-skinned baby boy born in the kind of the sticks of northern Israel. Coming to share God's love with the world. This Real baby is, is uh, the news of this baby is announced to real smelly shepherds out in a field nearby who come running and see this baby. This long-awaited baby was held by two faithful, a man and a woman who were waiting in the temple for God to redeem the world and show his love to a world in deep need of that love. And they held that baby and sang over that baby. 
We see this embodied in Jesus, the 12-year-old who goes to the temple, and as he's there, it debates with the leaders as a real human being, kind of coming of age and figuring out how he works with his parents still at age 12. We see this embodied Jesus as a 30-year-old going under the water of baptism and coming up as John the Baptist holds him and his voice comes from heaven, this is my son whom I love. See, God expressed his love by sending his son, taking on real human flesh, embodied way. The fancy Christian word for this is incarnation, right? Enfleshed. God's love led to an enfleshed, real human being, Jesus, who's sharing God's love with the world. This is kind of a touchy subject, but we're going to talk about a lot of touchy subjects at chapel this year, so we might as well get, get used to it. Um, this one may not be uh, quite as, as <laughs> controversial as some, but it may hit closer to home for some of you. Just take a moment to talk about Santa Claus. Okay, deep breath. Um, in my family, one of the things we talk about Santa Claus sometimes, and spoiler alert, is we talk about St. Nicholas, and we talk about this real person, St. Nick, who was like a real bishop who loved Jesus and lived in Italy and helped bring people, care for people, and actually expressed God's heart of love for the poor by giving gifts. And this Santa idea was actually a real person initially, a concrete real person, just like Jesus it's not just this kind of idea, abstract, oh, this thing that God was going to do and kind of rescue the world. No, it was a real, physical, embodied human being born in Palestine under the Roman rule, a real Jewish, brown-skinned man who ate and drank and lived. This was a real Jesus, embodied Jesus. So Jesus was not just an embodied person, like St. Nicholas was. He actually had an embodied ministry. The things he did were also very embodied. All throughout the whole story of Luke and through all the Gospels, we see Jesus acting and bringing embodied change in the world, right? So Jesus feeds real food to thousands of people, and they eat real food. Jesus physically restores sick and crippled people. Jesus frees people from demonic oppression, and their lives are physically and emotionally, spiritually restored. Jesus touches dead people, and they come back to life, actually start breathing again in an embodied way. Jesus brings wholeness, physical, spiritual, emotional wholeness in an embodied way. People are actually, literally, physically changed. So in Luke 19, when Jesus is coming in to, to Jerusalem at the triumphal procession, a week before he, he, he's crucified, people cry out and say, look at all the great deeds of power we've seen. The deeds of power. We've seen Jesus doing real things, embodied things. And then Jesus, in a body, carries his cross physically. His hands are nailed to a cross Real blood flows from his body. He breathes his last breath. He's laid in a real tomb. And then he rises in real embodied new life. And you know what he does when he shows up to the disciples the first time? Hey, uh, you guys got anything to eat? Kind of hungry. And they give him some fish and they eat together. 
This is an embodied Jesus who brings embodied change in the world. God's love in action, in a person. Second thing, second thing to kind of make you upset with me. I already talked about Santa Claus, so hopefully we didn't shut up at that one. I also grew up in Colorado, and in Colorado, um, if you grew up in Colorado, you're a Denver Broncos fan. So don't shut off the live stream. Don't do it. But I still am a diehard Denver Broncos fan. And growing up, there was the, this quarterback, John Elway, who was the best quarterback in Broncos history, at least. And he, you know, he, he was kind of this legend. You saw him on TV and, and mostly kind of an idea. Of course, I knew he was real, but more idea-like, not actually impacting my life. So it wasn't until a few years later, when I was uh, early in college, and I was coaching a baseball team in, in, in my hometown, and all of a sudden, John Elway gives a bunch of money to redo this Little League baseball field where I'm coaching. And now, this, this man who I'd idolized and, and watched and cheered for actually brought some real embodied change in our community. Something actually affected us and made this great field for these Little League players and high school players to play on. It actually made a real difference. Not just ideas, not just thinking about it, not just somewhere else, but here, now. That's what Jesus' embodied ministry was. It wasn't just something, yeah, 2,000 years ago, whatever. It was actually touching real people and changing real lives in, in an embodied way. The embodied love of God come to be in a person expressed in embodied change in the world. And now we come to our text today from Luke chapter 9. Jesus has just uh, asked the disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter, in his great boldness, we gotta love Peter, Peter steps up and says, you're the Messiah, the one who's come to make the world right, starting with Israel and to share that love with the world. And Jesus says, yes, you got it. But actually this Messiah is going to be a little different than you expected. This Messiah is going to suffer and die and save the world and show God's love for the world by suffering and dying. And then, in our passage today, 9.23-25, through 25, Jesus says to them, If anyone wants to become my follower, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. What does it profit them if they gain the whole world but lose or forfeit themselves? Jesus, this embodied Messiah, is now calling them and calling us to embodied following. A fancy Christian word for that is discipleship. Disciple just means to learn from. And to learn from a rabbi, you would walk behind them. Literally so close that the dust off their feet would cover, get on your robes following close behind. Jesus says, if anyone would follow me, they must take up their cross. And we know a cross then wasn't just a, a nice necklace or a cool tattoo, right? It was an instrument of death, a strategy of the Romans enforcing civil obedience by publicly humiliating anyone who rebelled hanging them naked on a cross so everyone can see this is what happens. So when Jesus says, take up your cross, it means lay it all down. 
give up everything. Surrender all. Jesus, he gives all of himself. This suffering Messiah who lived and died in embodied way, he's giving himself his whole self. He says, if you're going to come after me, it's going to take your whole self. This is a convicting, challenging call. But Jesus reminds us, actually, if you try to save your life, if you try to grab hold of life, you'll actually lose it. This is the only way you can find the life you were really made for. Your relationship with God and right relationship with the world is the only way is to lay down your life. And if you do, you'll find real life. Jesus invites us to surrender all. In Dietrich Bonhoeffer's great book, Discipleship, he talks about this. And he talks about this idea uh, of cheap grace. Cheap grace. Grace that we can cheapen. Sometimes we, we may have thought of this this way. We can cheapen grace by, by saying, oh, Jesus died for me, now I can do whatever I want. That's one way to cheapen grace. Bonhoeffer talks about this great German theologian. But there's another way he talks about cheapening grace. We can also cheapen grace by thinking I can do something to earn it. Grace is cheap enough for me to buy it. So neither of those are true. Neither of those are the call of Jesus. Neither one. One says, I'll do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. The other one says, I need to, I need to do enough to earn God's love. Both of those cheapen grace. Instead, what Bonhoeffer says is this. Jesus gave his all, his embodied all, life, death, resurrection, everything. He gave everything, laid it all down. And the only proper response is to give our all, to surrender our all, to lay down everything of ours in an embodied, holistic way. Jesus calls us to an embodied relationship with him in a wholehearted surrender that includes everything in our lives. And as we go into this this Gospel of Luke, our, our theme for the semester is Jesus saying, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross, following Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be confronted with some really challenging things. We're going to think about what does it mean to be an embodied follower of Jesus in a really intense political season? What does it look like to be an embodied follower of Jesus and think about race and racial injustice in our world? What does it mean to think about my personal money, sexuality, decisions, decisions when no one sees me late at night, with my, my relationships with others, how does it look at to be a dis- one who says, Jesus, I'm in, an embodied follower of Jesus? What does it look like to be an embodied follower of Jesus and trust him with everything when our world's kind of shaking all around us? This is the call. Jim Edwards, the, the and band, y'all can come on up. Jim Edwards says that, that he's a, a Professor Emeritus here in theology, and his uh, commentary on Luke says this, Faith entails affirming the truth that Jesus is Messiah, but it also entails more than that. It entails acting on that truth by following Jesus in daily discipleship. See, following Jesus isn't just ideas or words. Oh yeah, Jesus, I love you. It's not just songs. Oh, it's great as it is to sing songs. It entails a daily following Jesus, the embodied Messiah in an embodied way. That's the invitation. The invitation is to this wholehearted, all-in, Jesus, let's do it.
it costs everything, but in, in doing that, we find and receive everything we ever made for. Last little picture of this. My children at Camp Spaulding uh, this summer, as I was speaking, and we, we get to take a break and go down and play at the lake. It's so cold. And I talk about, yeah, let's go swimming, let's go swimming, I want to go swimming. But then they, they get down there and they jump in and they say, Dad, let's go swimming. And I think, oh, God's going to be so cold. I don't know if I want to. I want to, but I don't want to. But there's a big difference between talking about swimming and actually getting in the water. We can talk about Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I follow Jesus. But Jesus is inviting us to be embodied people who say, yes, I'm in. We invite you to join us in chapel this semester as we explore and are convicted by and let God lead us to become more and more embodied followers of Jesus, this embodied Messiah. Let's worship God wherever you are through singing now.